This is Archbishop Blaise Supich, Archbishop of Chicago. Today, I invite you to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a non-for-profit apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization that utilizes media, both old and new, to share the faith on every continent and facilitate an encounter with Christ in His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire Catholic Ministries engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. This is an invitation to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. When our hearts are open, the Lord changes and transforms us so that we in turn begin to share the warmth and light of Jesus Christ, who is the Word on Fire. The global benefactors of Word on Fire Catholic Ministries, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, one of the most puzzling doctrines of the Church is grounded in a text from our first reading for today. And it's given a kind of narrative amplification in the Gospel. Here's the line in question. It's taken from the Book of Wisdom. God did not make death. Let me say it again. God did not make death. Now, I fully realize how odd this can sound. For death seems like pretty much the most natural thing around. I mean, every living thing dies. Trees, plants, insects, animals, they all die. They all eventually fall apart. Every living thing for the past several billion years has died. As far as we can tell, we human beings are no exception to this great rule. We're part of the natural world, and that world includes death. So, what does it mean to say, what could it mean to say, that God did not make death when it seems rather eminently clear that he did? Now, the Book of Wisdom goes on. It specifies, listen. For God formed man to be imperishable. The image of his own nature, he made him. And then it says, even more puzzlingly, that death entered the world through, quote, the envy of the devil. Well, you know, again, this is kind of hard to understand. It's hard to take seriously. It seems like we're back into a odd sort of mythological understanding of things. How could it be that death has come through sin or through the envy of the devil? Well, here's the thing now, and I want to make this the center of my, my homily this week. It's very important to put this doctrine and these teachings in a wide framework. Death should not be taken here in simply a literal or physical sense, meaning simply the dissolution of the body. Death, as the author of the Book of Wisdom intends the term, is, I think, that whole psychological, spiritual, and physical phenomenon that we sinners experience. Again, let's face it. All of our experience of death comes after sin. 
it's always sinners who experience death. What's it like for us sinners? Well, at the prospect of physical death, we recoil in horror. How come? Because we have become alienated from God through sin. Cut off from God, or at least ambiguous, divided in regard to him, we have a tendency, listen now, to see death as simply the end. As simply something that's, that's utterly mysterious, unknown, and the unknown always terrifies us. At the limit case, we see death as just the end, as just darkness. Alienated as we sinners are from the source of life, we find ourselves unable to surrender, unable to trust. And this is what leads to this terrible fear of death that we're all acquainted with. Now, I would say this is the death that God did not invent. So when the author of the Book of Wisdom says God did not make death, he means it in this full sense, the full psychological, spiritual, physical experience of death that is conditioned by sin. That's what God didn't invent. Death as something terrible, horrifying, this nihilistic approach, that's what God didn't invent. This is the death that, in the words of St. Paul, is the wages of sin. Striking language, isn't it? It's the wages of our sin. Now, can we get any idea of what physical death would be like for someone who had never sinned? Well, yes. Because we have the example of the Blessed Mother. Now, Friends, I realize this doesn't belong to the strict dogmatic tradition of the church, but popular piety from ancient times has spoken not of the death of Mary, but of the dormition of Mary, of her falling asleep. There's a famous church in Jerusalem, the Church of the Dormition. I filmed a little uh, scene for my Catholicism project there. Mary didn't die, she fell asleep. Now, what's that mean? We look in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, you find this line. When the course of her earthly life was over. Now, this is the sinless Virgin Mary. Immaculately conceived. Mary's without sin. But yet, the course of her earthly life ended. The sinless Virgin Mary was not meant to stay within the confines of this earthly life forever. Listen, she was not meant simply to live on and on within this dimension of space and time. So if I can put it this way, she did indeed die in the sense that her life here below ended. But see, here's the point. How eloquent, how telling that this transition from this dimensional system to the next is not spoken of as death. 
but as a falling asleep, as a dormitio, a dormition. It was peaceful, effortless, untouched by fear. Look, when you fall asleep at night, you're not, I would imagine, beset with terrors, unsure whether you'll ever wake up again. Rather, you know, most of us blissfully, peacefully transition into this intermediate state, utterly confident that we will wake up again. So it goes for someone without sin as she leaves this world behind and moves into the next. There's Mary who fell asleep. Why? Because she was utterly confident in God's love. She did not experience the alienation from God that we sinners experience. Mary fell asleep and woke up again into the transfigured life of the next world. We speak again, importantly, of the assumption of Mary, body and soul, into heaven. Well, the transition was not a horrible, terrifying death. The transition was a dormition, a falling asleep. Now, with this background in mind, let's turn to our fascinating gospel for this week. One of the most beautifully crafted of Mark's narratives. It begins with Jesus receiving word that the daughter of Jairus is sick and at the point of death. On his way to cure her, he's approached by the woman who's had that hemorrhage for 12 years, and he cures her. Remember, she reaches out and touches the tassel of his cloak. Then he comes to Jairus' home, and he receives the news that the young girl had died. So we have this kind of beautifully crafted story where the the curing of the daughter of Jairus sandwiches these this story of the hemorrhaging woman. Now, there are two interesting clues, I think, in Jesus' response to the word that the young girl had died. He disregards the message, and he says, quote, Do not be afraid. Just have faith. So he's received word of a death. This is what frightens us sinners the most. Death, our own death, the death of loved ones around us. This is what terrifies us sinners. But in the face of even this greatest fear, Jesus says, trust. See, friends, that's the attitude of the person without sin. That's the attitude that God wanted us to have from the beginning in regard to our transition to the next world. That it would be like a trustful falling asleep. The death that God doesn't want, the death that he didn't invent, is none other than this horrible death that's the result of the lack of trust. How often throughout the Bible we find this? Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. In all circumstances, in all the ups and downs of life, but above all, at this moment of death, Trust turns the terror of death into a falling asleep. Now, 
Listen to this second observation of Jesus. He meets the mourners. Back in his time, there were, we call them almost professional mourners who'd be called upon when someone died, and they would, they would publicly wail and carry on as an expression of, of the grief of the family. Well, Jesus meets these people, and he says, the child is not dead, but asleep. Now, this strikes the crowd as so ludicrous that they laugh at him and they mock him. Again, imagine that you're, you're with someone who just died and their families gathered around and you say, well, they're not dead. They're only asleep. Well, they'd be either insulted or, or they would just find what you said utterly ludicrous. That's what happens here. They laugh at him. They mock him. But then he dismisses them. And we know that beautiful detail Mark preserves the Aramaic speech of Jesus. He reaches down, touches the girl, and says, Talitha koum, little girl, get up. And she arises. She comes back to life as though waking from sleep. Think of this now. The mourners on the one hand, Jesus on the other. How do the mourners see death as something terrible, as something horrible? How does Jesus see it? He sees it as a falling asleep. This tells us how our transition from this world to the next is seen from God's perspective. God sees death as a dormition in anticipation of the greater life to come. A sinless person like Mary would experience it in exactly the same way. Ah, it's that terrible death that God did not invent, that God did not want. It is the peaceful falling asleep. That's how death is viewed from God's perspective. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Word on Fire. My prayer is that each of us may be on fire with love for God and neighbor. Until next week, I pray that God will bless you and those you love.